Welcome back to There Will Be Movies. This is our podcast discussing 25 of our favourite movies from any given decade. This is our fourth volume where we are discussing movies from the 80s. This is our 87th episode where we are discussing, of course, James Cameron's second movie, The Terminator. Wild Um, that that is uh, his second movie. (laughs) Yes, a movie in which, incorrectly, I, I do think the iconic drum beat is it in this like the score of this movie but like it, you get kind of like the genesis of there is like a version of it but it's not quite the same as the do 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 yeah everyone knows when I, when I told my partner that we were watching this I literally went and said like do you want to I'm doing a double bill tonight do you want to join me and then she said what are you watching I literally did the like da 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 on the door frame and she was like oh Terminator I want to watch both of those but I've got too much work and I was like sadly I have commitments and I have to watch both of these movies Oh, well. (laughs) Terminator, James Cameron, basically the movie that I don't think this cements him as a Hollywood great, but it certainly gets him into the rooms where he can then get to be the James Cameron who makes the back-to-back two highest-grossing movies of all time. The hot take I have had for forever and ever, Terminator 1 better than Terminator 2. An opinion that is not a popular one, one that one that Benjamin has often rolled his eyes and told me I'm wrong about. I made sure to watch Terminator 2 as well for research for this episode, because I was like, you know what, I don't think I've seen that in over 10 years, I should probably have a working knowledge of it. I am doubling down, Terminator 1 is much better than Terminator 2. Wow. I'm adding I... the much now. <laughs> oh, that is that one kid one. fucking <laughs> sucks. You've got my Mummy Returns take, where like the movie, the movie is actively made worse by the presence of the child actor. Yes. I don't mind Furlong in T2. <laughs> oh, he's I, such a fucking punk. He is a fucking punk. I think that's his point. <laughs> the thing that's kind of weird about T2 is he's such a fucking punk, but immediately he's just like, no, pacifism. Yes, he is like that, and fair enough. I just can't stand his fucking voice. His voice is constantly breaking as he's doing this sort of screaming, and oh, he sucks. I also don't think much of the whole like. Oh, I mean, we can we can just get straight into it. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, this is this this is the first time we're discussing James Cameron on this podcast, yeah. which is kind of crazy considering we did the nineties and we had three <laughs> really good options for Cameron in the nineties, and yeah. we kind of passed over all of them. And I remember it being one of those things where we were looking at the list and said, like, do we do a Cameron? And then it was like, well, which Cameron do we do? We don't normally do sequels. No sequels, man, no sequels. If only we had started at the beginning (laughs) and gone forward instead of being impatient and going forward, backward, backward. I love Titanic, but I I get the feeling that your feelings on Titanic aren't, like, especially strong. Oh, it's so long. It is also so long, (laughs) but it's also one of those movies like Inception where I'm sort of like... The, the first hour and a half or the first half of the movie is just entirely setting up for when they go fucking gangbusters and the, mm. the sinking is like one of the most rather oh, like technical yeah, Cameron on a technical level is incredible just only about 50% of the time am I down with the overall you know what are we doing yeah, here I, mean, like, yeah, I love I, the abyss I, I do not care for <laughs> Avatar like you know yeah Avatar's the one where it's just kind of like that is entirely technical filmmaking and like mm. I, I have not revisited Avatar since I saw it in the cinema I might go again for this re-release that they're doing. Of course doing. you will Just because it's an opportunity to see that movie again in like Omax 3D. I feel on a biological level you're incapable of watching something without re-watching whatever came before it <laughs> within a week of seeing it. I think there's some gene in you that will not allow you to not do uh... that <laughs> just trying to think. I, I haven't done it with the Marvel movies in like a long time. I haven't mm. actually rewatched the Marvel movies. When was the last time you saw Iron Man one? Uh, when we did the podcast. 
Wow. Jeez. That was okay. last, that's the last time I saw Iron Man 1. That was like five years ago, six yeah. years ago, something like that. Wow, fair enough. We might have done it in the run-up to Endgame. I can't remember what we watched in the run-up to mm. Endgame. We, we kind of like jumped around a lot, and I was basically just like, we're just going to do the Infinity Gems right. in the run-up to Endgame. Yeah. But no, that is fair. Like, especially this year where like when, when No Way Home was coming out, I was like, I'm going to do... The, five the, Spidermans. Five Spidermans. I'm not. I won't do Tom Holland Spiderman though. Okay. That okay. one's less important for the emotional. <laughs> for me, I understand Terminator Two. Some of the special effects on display there, like while now looking, some of them still look great. Some of them now a little bit dated, but at the time, blowing fucking minds. Like Liquid Man walking out of fire, man changing from puddle on floor to standing. Like that's that's the coolest one in my opinion. When he's the floor and then he just stands up. All of that super fucking cool arnie on a fucking bike cocking a shotgun in an impossible way all of that yeah i get it i get it i just i think it's shinier and and prettier and more expensive but it oh yes it, it, was the, it, it, it was... loses that like scuzzy heart of the the brilliance of this movie for me is so fucking simple it's a man a woman and a killer robot playing cat and mouse for like just under two hours and then bringing in it's not the most complicated timey-wimey bullshit, which this franchise will become rotten to the core with as it goes on, as they just keep trying to one-up the concept of, like, well, what if this allowed the timeline to either change or stay the same? Which, it's which as is... simple as, like, they've still got the fucking arm, but, like, that's where it starts, and, like, the whole raid on what will become Cyberdyne or whatever, and Linda Hamilton's narration and the melodrama around Judgment Day, none of that does anything for me, really, in Terminator 2. <laughs> Yeah, no, T2 to me is just kind of like, that is... I've got it below Heat on my 90s ranking, but T2 is kind of like my, my perfect action movie. Okay. Like, like obviously, obviously Heat is kind of like on another level, but yeah. T2 is just, as a pure blockbuster spectacle, it is to me like perfection. Like, the movie just fucking moves. It does... <laughs> so much exposition so much just kind of like setting up where it's going to go and every mm-hmm. single action set piece is just like so fucking good just, and there's character stuff going through all of it and but there's and- also a friendly terminator which feels very i mean we've talked about a lot of this stuff where like you know ghostbusters and gremlins and, and all all these franchises eventually like, well people like the monster the better than like anything else so yeah, like we'll make why... that there's eventually always got to be like a good alien a good te- you know a movie where somehow jason is the hero or what you know like yeah it's why you declaw all these franchises it's yeah. why robocop gets fucking toys made yeah, out of it robocop, despite yeah, yeah. is like the famous one where they're like well can we do a robocop cartoon it's like the anti-capitalist like <laughs> what if we had starship cool. troopers toys as well <laughs> yeah exactly and then T2 is obviously like a, yeah. a PG-13, and, like a lot safer. Like they're still like blood and gore. And I get it. Like, you know, you're doing another Terminator. Like, yeah, oh, we've got to have Arnie back, obviously. And it's like, yeah. well, we've got to create a new Terminator. And, you know, Terminator versus Terminator. I get it. I get all of this. It's just, for me, Terminator 2 starts the franchise onto a bad path because they are then wedded to having Arnie as a hero for like, I think almost literally all of them after that, in yeah, the some only, the form or one, another. Yeah, he is in all the movies. The only one where he is not ever on set is Salvation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, you know, it's a, it's a cameo. But, like, all of the other ones, he is on the poster, he is the good guy Terminator. I think every one of them is a different one. I'm not sure. I haven't yes, seen every, Dark every, every single one of them is a different one. Yeah, well. and it's just, like, that becomes so contrived eventually. And, like, you couple that... Like, you know, that is the problem. You are You are, you are leaning so heavily on the presence of one man appearing every time as the Terminator 
but like they're always different and there's always another Terminator and like they get so up their own ass with the time travel shit and they, they really I just do. say I haven't seen Genesis I haven't seen Dark I didn't even know Dark Fate existed until I was looking up you know where I could yeah, watch the, Terminator the only, and I was like that one actually sounds kind of cool based on that plot one, description yeah, the <laughs> only one that James Cameron has any involvement in mm. like he did the the story I believe for that one and he's a producer on it and yeah. obviously like he gets Lin, his ex-wife Linda Hamilton back Yeah, and it's the only one which kind of like I mean they all do it to some extent where like terminator 1 and terminator 2 are the canon ones yeah we'll ignore everything else okay i was gonna say how does she appear if three onward state she died of leukemia <laughs> like yeah no that it all, that's all, all basically, just bullshit. basically every single terminator movie just picks and chooses different movies to be canon okay so how many of these have you seen like have you seen three yeah i've seen one two three and dark fate i have not Okay. put myself through salvation and i've I seen salvation myself. nobody on earth has seen genesis why is it spelled with a y in the middle Who uh, because it's because it? it's genesis systems it's no, no, like no. it's it's the no, new no, skynet no 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 Ugh, gross but, but what's what's so frustrating about all these movies is yeah. and and it's to go back to you is like terminator 2 to me is like a perfect action movie and as you say it does fuck the franchise i don't <laughs> think terminator 2 is as interested in the timey wimey bullshit like no. there's more timey wimey bullshit in the terminator in the fact that like Carl is John Connor's dad, and yeah, John Connor is John Connor is sending his his own father back in time to to die, yep. but also to ha- make sure he is born. Yeah, Terminator Two, Future Anton Yelchin. Yes, Terminator <laughs> Two is basically none of that, but it changes the genre of the movie, where the Terminator mm. is an action horror movie. Like, yeah, in the first and five. In the first five minutes of this movie, Arnold Schwarzenegger punches a man through the chest mm-hmm. whilst hanging full dong. And that, yes, and that is again. That's my other like for a decade. My hot take has been based around well, Terminator One's kind of like a horror movie, and Terminator Two is just kind of like a. It's not a family friendly action movie, but it's you know it's this giant blockbuster, and like to me that's more interesting. It's I feel the same with Alien and Aliens. You know, Alien. It's like there's one alien. It's fucking unstoppable. Everyone's gonna die. It's this cerebral thing, and then Alien. Two is like or aliens is like space marines machine guns a million aliens let's mow them all down it's like that's, you, just, that's just inherently less of, interesting to me <laughs> have you heard the story of how james cameron pitched aliens did he just write an s on a yes. board did, was alien uh, written me, up there and he just let me, drew let me, an s. Let me, did he draw it me, like one of those metal you know like the the, the s that people draw on their you notebooks are, you are so close let me read, <laughs> let me read what the story was cameron was young he had just directed terminator Cameron had called a meeting to discuss his next project. Everyone knew Cameron had written a treat for Alien 2 that nobody would touch because Alien was not a massive financial success. I disagree there because Alien did over $100 million at the box office in like 1979. That's kind of a big money. (laughs) Alien 2 was not on the table. We expected a professional pitch from Cameron, an outline and a treatment of what he had in mind with a cursory budget, but perhaps a couple of assistants to run a slideshow. Instead, Cameron walked into the room without so much as a piece of paper. He walked to the chalkboard in the room and simply wrote the word Alien. Then he added an S to make aliens. Dramatically, he drew two vertical lines through the S. Alien with a dollar sign. <laughs> Turned around and grinned. We greenlit the project that day for $18 million. What a prick. <laughs> um, and that is the heart of it for me. Is This movie is called The Terminator. I like it when the thing is is special rather than oh there are many there are just an infinite number of terminators or an infinite number of aliens like for me that makes and same with predator like there is a predator and then we get to the point where you got like six in the same movie and some of them and for me obviously you put these two movies side by side terminator one terminator two and one of them looks a hell of a lot better and one of them has some incredibly shaky special effects <laughs> like oh oh, I, I, oh here's arnie and now we're just gonna look at his hand and then oh this isn't a dummy at all don't worry I, about it i really love the special like because it's so there's some 
something charming about it. It's though. so fucking scrappy. I mean, obviously, the budget of this movie is a lot bigger than some of the other like yeah. really low budget movies we've discussed in this. It still costs six point <laughs> four million dollars to make. It does look considerably worse than the thing. Yeah. Um, well, everything looks better worse than the thing. <laughs> But like, I still really like like the funniest to me is in that final set piece where like they're cutting to the the very obviously stop motion Terminator, which actually <laughs> looks quite good. But then when they um, have like the Terminator interacting with like real objects and the actors have to be on screen, you can see the puppeteers behind the Terminator <laughs> like waving his arm around. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and that's the thing. I did. I didn't quite back to back it. I sort of back to half backed it. So like, you know, you go from that final scene where you have this stop motion thing that looks to me, I think actually kind of looks like shit. It, where like when it, it when you can only see way. some of its body, it's like, okay, that's a good animatronic puppet thing. And then when it has to be full body and moving, it's like, oh, this looks terrible. And then like the first shot of Terminator 2 where you have a Terminator just confidently standing on a skull and looking around, you're like, yeah, okay, they got a lot more money and they got better at this. <laughs> but for me, like, yeah, I there is something about the scuzziness of Terminator 1. The I, For me, the secret source is Kyle Reese. They basically barely talk for 40 minutes and it's all just visual storytelling of, like, you know, here's a dude, here's another dude, here is Sarah. Like, you see the way they're going about their business. We get, you know, we get a little bit of an opening credits crawl of, like, you know, this is what the world is like. But it takes 40 minutes to be like, right, here's, here's what's going on. But you still understand it all and you're like enthralled as this man is starting to gun down Sarah Connors and stuff and you know selling the idea that maybe Carl Reese is also a Terminator because she's scared of him and everything as well. I mean that's the thing and it's, it's sort of what TT is playing on as well is mm. that like yeah. you know that one of these guys is trying to kill Sarah Connor. We watch the Terminator walk up to someone's house and murder a Sarah Connor so we understand <laughs> that much. I like they how he don't... manhandles Ginger's boyfriend like fights him but then whenever there's a woman he just shoots her dead you know it's like is he trying to like minimize casualties in case one of these people works at cyberdyne or something (laughs) i don't know but i have to i have to assume that is probably part of it yeah like then he shoots up an entire police station yeah oh god does he ever and no i i I just just say i think terminator one fucking rules yeah there's just something about it that's like i think this is a great movie and i think it is not too stripped down because i think part of the stripped downness is like why this movie like absolutely fucking rips there's just, I think it, it probably is like I watched T2 before Terminator, which oh, wow. I think is okay. like true, true <laughs> for a lot of people kind of of my era, where like T2. Um, I suppose was I the might third have. I don't, I don't actually remember. Like T2, I know 1000% how I first saw it. I had an ex door neighbor who was like four years older than me, and so he like had access to like various stuff I was not old enough to see. Like I played Mortal Kombat for the first time with him. He showed me Terminator 2 and like, you know. Porn. Um, anyway. <laughs> but yeah, Terminator 2 was definitely one of the things that like I experienced that way. Like, the older kid who's like, oh yeah, I've got access to, you know. Um, and I guess I would have seen Terminator 1 later as well. You know, just to touch on that, that thing of like how Terminator 2 plays with that as well. Like, the order is very deliberate. Like, Arnie is the first person to touch down. Kyle comes afterwards. And then, you know, we, we spend however long with them looking for her. And then Terminator 2 opens with, again, Arnie touches down. And then you have Robert Patrick, who, you know, he is a cop. He is walking around as a cop and everything. And it's it's pretty clear that he is a bad guy. But, like, for a hot minute, you could buy, like, okay, this guy's, like, the skinnier, like, 
quote-unquote prettier of the two maybe he's the good guy and then they've subverted it and the fact that he is a policeman throughout the thing i think very prescient mm. yeah go cameron oh i mean i mean we i mean cameron is it's funny because cameron writes strange days which mm. is my favorite Catherine bigelow movie which is also one of those kind of like big anti-police violence movies as well like mm-hmm. kind of four years after t2 so i think that is a strength yeah. throughout his career the movie does kind of bottle it at the end when the like the two racist cops are taken down by like the rest of the lapd but like he still has yeah. like racist cops just doing public executions yeah. and stuff like that for for shits and giggles so yeah. i think there is like there is some level of like skepticism to the police especially in this kind of like run of his his work i have to assume he's an la guy yeah. like and the like his movies that are set in yeah. And, and like even in this movie like the cops are like you know they're not like deliberately trying to be antagonistic but they are whether they know it or not and like you know kyle wants to kill them all and sarah's like no and it's like boo um and then obviously they hold him hostage and and, and the terminator just rips through them all <laughs> and it's like the obvious thing with the scene is like only kyle can save her and it's like no, just Kyle's just smart enough to know to just fucking run. Like he doesn't like do anything to fight Arnie. Or, like he just he just finds her and just books it. And like yeah, while he's slurring his way through. So jumping all over the goddamn place. I appreciate how quickly this movie gets going. We get that very quick like exposition card at the beginning, and then it's like you know in the first thirty seconds we have a Terminator touching down. You know, again, I mean, I don't want to constantly compare the two, but I did like how when he touches down at the beginning of two, just to flex that money and special effects they've got, let's just have a portion of the truck, like, melted away in, like, a little orb kind of thing. It's like, that's that's a cute touch. But we both talked about this, how, like, these are infiltration units. Terminators are supposed, you know, I mean, if you're the one person in the world who doesn't know what Terminator is about, they are they are cyborgs. They, they have flesh over the top to pass for human, but they are killer robots. They are sent to root, you know, infiltrate humans and root them out and kill them all. Why would you make one eight foot tall <laughs> and Austrian? <laughs> I think the thing with them is though is that, and you see it in the the flash back slash flash forward in in this movie, yeah. where Kyle is like having his nice day with the rest of the human survivors, and then <laughs> nice. an infiltration unit comes. And it isn't Arnie, in. is it? It isn't Arnie because we, we did have that discussion of like, are all of them? Is every T-800 Arnie? And, like, apparently a lot of them are. (laughs) But apparently not every... And maybe that's one of the rubber-faced ones that he talks about where, like, you could tell. And I guess that one is, like, under a cloak or something. That one's under a cloak. It comes in and then obviously, like, completely wrecks shop. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it also might be, like, a T-700. Like, there's some fucking variations. I know. And, again, that is where I get a little bit, like... (sighs) Where, like, we've got to have 12 variants of... Well, each... I mean, again, because Terminator 2 introduces a new... Oh, yeah. And the T-1000 fucking rips. And, like we said like it's it's telling that we both know the numbers of those two and then i i think the third one is the tx yes the tx which doesn't really have anything it's just a better t1000 i think it can make more complicated i think it can make guns or something yeah, like it can make guns, but it also doesn't do some of the cool like liquid metal shit. But it is it. liquid metal though, because is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Explicitly. don't remember. I no, do they not... rip it apart. Like they put it in like a particle accelerator or whatever and rip it apart and it reforms mm-hmm. itself. It's just a better T1 because he makes that thing of like it can't make complicated machines and stuff like that. And I think the TX can, but yeah. And also, then, and it's then a lady the... now. <laughs> also, it's a lady now. And then the Rev Nine in Dark Fate, like it's got 
two it's got like an exoskeleton and then it's got a liquid metal part so it's kind of like can split apart into both mm. of those it is so- tricky because like you know the whole gimmick of the t1000 is is the liquid metal and then like every other one having it it's like eh, it's not as cool but it's like logistically or logically even once you've invented liquid metal tech, why would you not use that all the time? <laughs> also, um, like, it's so well deployed in T2. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, it, yeah, Because, yeah, yeah. like, every time, when they first introduce it, because it isn't the first moment where they actually, obviously, like, he kind of, like, changes shape and stuff like that, but then the first time you see it have a weapon is when he, like, fucking stabs the stepdad through the face. Oh, the greatest scene. Why, <laughs> when that phone rings, he, as the stepmother, is chopping vegetables. <laughs> Why are you going to it's these, an infiltra- like... It's an infiltration unit, Matt. Yeah, I know, but, like... They've got better at it. They've stopped being a six-foot-tall... A seven-foot-tall... A seven-foot-tall Austrian man. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. If you really want to infiltrate, you need to look emaciated, dirty, all of this stuff. Um, but I, I love that scene, you know, like... But it, it's just every time it, it makes me laugh so much that he's cooking a nice meal. And, like, how long was he cooking the nice meal before the phone rang? <laughs> I also like that we're gendering this robot. Yes, it is is cooking a nice meal. I mean, it is funny how I think every single Terminator movie after two, and obviously the the franchise is a mess, as we've alluded to, Mm -hmm. has to introduce some new Terminator. I think the only one that doubles down on, like, the archetypes of OG Terminator is the Sarah Connor Chronicles, the TV show. Okay. I mean, four doesn't have a new one. No, it does, because he... No, it doesn't. Because Marcus yeah. is like the forerunner, he, he he's different. Like he's weaker than the T eight hundred. Like he's the prototype because he's created before Judgment. But Day. he's also part human. So like, yeah, he's no, I like... think that's the thing is he's a human with metal bits added to him rather than a metal boy with with skin slapped on the top of him. I think is supposed to, because he doesn't know he's a Terminator. Um, right, yes, and and, then... and he listens. To... <laughs> there is a scene in that movie <laughs> where they find a car that happens to still work, and they turn the stereo on. And the song Rooster by Alice in Chains plays. And Marcus, the Terminator man, cries. And he doesn't know why. And I'm like, that song rips, but why did you choose this song of all the songs in the entire world? I mean, it's um, fucking McGee, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> oh, I mean of the, course. the legacy of salvation <laughs> is, is Christian Bale having is a meltdown. <laughs> yes, it, it will always and forever be that. Like It's the movie that he's doing in the press run for Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. That is a fair point, actually, that, like, Terminator 4 becomes such an endemic part of the legacy of, like, I lived through, like, the hype of The Dark Knight coming out and being out and the year after it came out and everyone being obsessed with it and Christian Bale becomes this, like, meme, this this weird guy who is just, like, got a temper problem and is just this, you know, he lives the character, like, he is Batman all the time, and, yeah, thank you, Terminator 4, for giving us that gift. I mean, it's got it's got the two, it's the double-pronged problem of Christian Bale in the in the post-Dunk Knight world when you're rebooting your franchise into this gritty way, or, like, obviously this one is a sequel, isn't it? Because I think it's the only one that's in continuity with T3. It, but yeah, then, it is but then also, the, you know, it's adult John Connor in the, in the, in yeah. the you know, I don't know how the fuck you, like... <laughs> I don't even know who the fuck played him in T3. No one famous, I don't think. It was uh, Nick Stahl, who, Nick Stahl. Play, who played the Yellow Man in Sin City. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. 
I could see Eddie Furlong growing up to be Christian Bale. I cannot see how in between he makes a stop to be able to look like Nick Stahl. But yeah, <laughs> T4 is set entirely in the, you know, everything is lost, machine yeah. rule the future. But they also, they make that mistake that everyone was kind of making at the time, which is James Cameron's cast Sam Worthington in Avatar. <laughs> you have to think, like, I don't understand why. Obviously, everyone is like, it's the new... Oh, actually, no, I know exactly why people are doing this. Everyone is sat there going like, James Cameron's cast this guy. The last time James Cameron ordained someone in like his blockbuster were Arnold Schwarzenegger mm. and and Leonardo DiCaprio. So everyone sure. is everyone is fucking salivating. But the thing is, in that way, everyone is forgetting that also he did Edward Furlong and he yeah. also did Michael Bean and How like day yeah fair enough um, <laughs> Michael Bean never made it but when they That's fucking like... announced Michael Bean as the lead voice actor of that Far Cry 3 DLC <laughs> with all the neon and the all the 80s bullshit I was like fuck yeah Michael Bean <laughs> And that's the thing is like James Cameron is not a man making choices that like they can't. you I mean look I don't want to disparage the work of Arnie as the Terminator I think he was born to play that role you could have gotten anyone to do that and I think still Terminator would have been a big fucking deal also like Worthington is just so in that group of him Joel Edgerton Joel Kinnaman there's like three other guys who like we all confuse them for each other and we don't know which one's which and they're all just failed action boys yeah and, and the, <laughs> the, the, the thing that the thing that Sam Worthington has that none of the rest of them have is a little bit on his CV that says number one movie of all time absolutely big fucking bank account I bet and he's going to be in Avatar 2 of course of course uh, he's gonna I, be the good Avatar no I'm I don't. so I'm so <laughs> fascinated about what that movie is like, yeah. like that to me is like this huge question mark at the end of this yeah. year because i think like james cameron to me is and i think i said this to you in text he is a fantastic like structure and like plot momentum guy yeah he isn't great at kind of like the actual dialogue scene to dialogue scene like no. term, this this movie terminator that we are discussing instead of just this big holistic <laughs> like gotten off onto is so fucking tight and, so, and it benefits yeah. from the fact that like there is very little dialogue and i do think there are moments where like the dialogue in this movie or like the actual like bonding moments kind of show the kind of like the the weakness weakness of of, his yeah yeah yeah. i mean the 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 romance between sarah and kyle is a little bit like but oh the end of the movie when they're just like we fell in love so fast we're only together for like hours yeah you were only like what you were together for eight hours or something like that like it it really is not that long yeah and like in t2 when it's like oh i can tell she misses him sometimes and she cries it's like what the fuck yeah she has ptsd i think is i think is the thing that you're overlooking also like (laughs) yeah true the hard pivot of sarah from it's almost ridiculous when you meet her in in the terminator where she's a borderline valley girl like she i mean she's a little bit quirky like she has a lizard love um, the lizard love of the lizard but you know she is just this like bright you know happy i don't want to say ditzy like that she is portrayed as being kind of smart but like you know and then you cut to you smash cut to fucking wearing vests and headbands and like the killer shades and like doing all these like she got buff for for that but like and i was thinking to myself while watching T1 I'm like oh it's not great that like her ultimate fate is to give birth and that like you know she's this damsel and like Carl Reese is like manhandling her a bit but I think they do and I was thinking you know oh right and then they're gonna later pivot into her being a badass and then I, I remembered like he does make a point of like you know you're a legend you're a badass you trained John Connor and like I, the whole thing is supposed to be for contrast like here's how she starts out and this was always the planned journey it's not like they later 
you know, it's not a scenario where like this movie comes out today and then T2's announced like, oh look, it's woke. They've made Sarah Connor like a badass. Like she was always on that path. It's just yeah, Linda Hamilton put in the work and got buff for T2. Yeah, and um, then and then she is like one of the action leads of of Dark Fate and stuff like that. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and and she is. I mean, she's good at it. She's like one of these. Yeah. legends of it and it is something that is a something i appreciate in cameron's movies is that like even when arnold schwarzenegger is kind of like probably the actor he's worked with the most because obviously mm. they're terminator one terminator two and true lies the three movies <laughs> that they did together but like aliens even terminator two with linda hamilton titanic is kate winslet's movie more than it is leo's movie and avatar is kind of a two-hander between yeah i believe cameron <laughs> is a is a equal rights person. <laughs> I mean, even when you, I mean, again, like Strange Days is like the lead of that movie is Ray Fiennes, but like it's still got like excellent female characters kind of like around the periphery and stuff like that. Yeah. I do think it is something like, I'm sure it is kind of one of those, like if you dig into it, he probably isn't like an actual feminist, but he is someone who. <laughs> probably not, but he's, he's, he's at least talking the, t- well, I mean, but, he's but, at least I mean, walking the walk, I guess. I mean, yeah, he, I mean, yeah. I think it is the benefit of being like, uh, and not to, not to say that like all of this could happen, but like he is Canadian coming to the American film system. So probably right. coming with like some different set of. <laughs> oh, he's inherently nicer. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> But, you know, I talk about, like, you know, how we, how Sarah is when we meet her, and that goes hand in hand with what I was saying about, like, the visual storytelling, because we know both these people are, you know, they're looking for Sarah Connor in phone books and stuff like that, and then she punches her time card, and it just says Sarah Connor on it, and it's just, like, it's so simple, and it sounds like, you know, why are you making a big deal of this when I bring it up, but these these are the kind of things I love to see in a script, like, don't give me clunky expositional dialogue tell me a story that I can understand if I watch even, the damn thing on mute. <laughs> even when this movie is giving you exposition, and it's a trick that T2 does as well, mm. is the exposition is being done in ways in which... It's a character ca- bonding moment. Char- it's character bonding moments, or it's... Like, Sarah Connor actually needs to know this information to, to train John. Like, she needs to know what an infiltration is so she can give John this information so he's ready. I like the, the idea that he's, like, this chosen one and, like, only he could rise up and help us. It's like, no, you just gave him... He just knows all of this stuff already. So he grew up, like, knowing what to expect of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's um, got all the answers. And the, But then the flip side of it is, is the other expositional scenes in this movie are mm. the scenes in which Kyle is arrested yeah and is relaying the information to the police who don't believe him mm-hmm. and it's the same thing in terminator 2 when sarah connor is institutionalized and yep. she's telling all this information to the psychiatrist. same psychiatrist <laughs> yes the same psychiatrist yeah and so like the movie is basically able to have its cake and eat it where like all of this is character moments and kind of like highlighting mm. how people don't believe that there's fucking killer robots coming to, to murder them all. <laughs> yeah, I said, like, I watched it with, with my partner and, like, Sarah drives off at the end of this movie. Like, we get the full circle loop. Kyle is carrying around a picture of her his whole life. He fell in love with this picture of this woman and, like, he meets her and, yeah, yeah. And then she, the photo is taken at the end and she drives off. And then I guess I just casually mentioned that she's, like, in a mental facility in, in the second one. And my partner's like, what? Why? I was like, she's telling everyone killer robots are going like, <laughs> to take over the world. Why do you think she's locked up? But yeah, like, it, that is definitely a, a parallel for sure. And 
Yeah, I mean, it, there is just this simplicity to it that I've I've just always enjoyed of just we meet our three characters and we just split some time between them until they all meet up in that nightclub. And... You you one hundred percent know all of their shtick. Like you yeah. understand that like Sarah Connor is like a little bit too kind of like flight happy. You understand that Carl mm. Reese knows his shit, but isn't as good as the Terminator as the, the the scene in the nightclub shows when like he gets a couple of pops in with his with his shotgun hmm. and then the Terminator shrugs it off and just starts fucking murdering everyone <laughs> around him and Carl is Carl is having to use people as shields. Yeah, I mean you can't fuck around. There's what there's one mission and yeah, you know, we talk about shotguns and like the horrifying scene where Ronnie walks into a gun shop and he's just picking out everything he wants. You know, they do they throw the joke in there about the plasma rifle. And I guess this is to do with like the way that fucking legislature around guns are written and like rifles are considered a hunting weapon and it's specialist so you can just ha why is he allowed to walk out on the spot with fourteen rifles but he has to wait up two weeks for a handgun? You you do like... wonder you do wonder if that's Cameron like Canadian ass oh, yeah, yeah, putting yeah. in like a little joke about like how dumb it is in America. It feels pointed for sure, and like also the dumbass part where he's like, Well, I'll just load this gun and take it from you then. The guy behind the counter is just like, Whoa, you can't do that. It's just like you've got ammunition on the counter. Yeah, how are exactly. you? How are you not constantly um, under threat of people murdering you? Is he not our good friend who got murdered by the Gremlins? He is. No, he's Dick, he's Dick, Dick Miller, Miller, who is, yeah, who is yeah. in Gremlins one and two. He's in every Joe yeah. Dante movie. He was in the original Piranha. <laughs> I don't know if he's Piranha two. Yeah. No. Yeah. He's he's good fun. We didn't talk about him enough in the Gremlins episode. Yeah. He's he's the guy who names the Gremlins. Yeah. He's the ex RAF pilot. Yeah, he's who... good for being just random kind of douche but memorable kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You like see the mirror journeys the two are on like Arnie straight away murdering bystanders to get what he wants Kyle going a little bit more incognito you know Arnie walking in and getting all these guns you see Kyle like soaring off a shotgun and like making himself a little arm holster thing up his coat so he can um, like hold, carry it around with him and all the rest yeah, but he yeah. must stink by the way that's what I'm saying like if you want to make a convincing Terminator make it fucking unwashed and emaciated and twitchy because it doesn't look like a but dance. even then the clothes he steals are explicitly the oh clothes he steals like... them from a houseless person yes <laughs> Who appears to be wearing a set, a second set of, of I trousers? Assume that, I assume it's cold, and he's just, it's right. cold at night, so Thermal. he's got like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and like while they're doing all this, we're learning more about Sarah, like you know her sort of macabre friend who's like, look, you're dead. Also, by the by, does this movie pass the Bechdel test based on that interaction? <laughs> I assume. I don't know. It's hard. To, I think. I think you, those two have a conversation about no men. I'm just. I'm just trying to think if Sarah and because obviously Sarah and Ginger do have conversations about men. Yeah, but then they also just talk about. I think saying, "Hey, look, you're on the news. You're dead." Is kind of a. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it passes back It's a grim way to pass, but I think it passes. Nothing I do. is more jarring than seeing people with Walkmans. They really lay it on thick with that Walkman. She's listening it to it while Sarah and her are getting ready. Sarah answers the call to her <laughs> phone sexing boyfriend, and I respect his commitment to his script because he just launches <laughs> straight back into it when he gets the right person. Um, Completely unfazed. Just yeah. back into it. I love She's listening hair. to it when they're banging. She's listening to it afterwards, and she misses her boyfriend getting murdered. All very funny. Love the hair. Love the hair. Big hair. Love it. Big Huge hair. Huge fan. Yeah, good. <laughs> Good 
times. I am really intrigued. Like, obviously, I understand Skynet probably has some records of like what things looked like in the eighties, despite Skynet <laughs> not existing in the eighties, and we don't know what kind of internet system they've got. So, obviously, I understand that like <laughs> Skynet would be able to install in a Terminator. This is where you need to go to get a certain piece of information. Mm-hmm. Carl Reese, presumably born entirely after the war has started. Like, yeah. if if the war is twenty, if he's back from twenty twenty nine, and Skynet happens in nineteen ninety seven, there is no way that Carl Reese was born before the bombs dropped no i think he's relatively young <laughs> i'm just imagining this conversation with john connor trying to explain a phone booth right, and like a phone book and... police cars have shotguns in them <laughs> so you can get a car a pl- i can get a shotgun from a police car if you find a police car i could buy that's just general being resourceful and hunter gathering he knows where to go like he opens the police car door and pulls out the shotgun like he almost yeah. instinctively it's just one of those things where i'm like i'm not i'm not saying it makes the movie bad or anything like that. i'm just i'm more just intrigued like what seminars did he have to sit in for explanations <laughs> of what pre-war life was like yeah. like what were they having to like what pieces of information were they deeming important if like yeah. the phone book makes sense in terms of like someone has to go like right there's little <laughs> boxes on like most street corners they'll all have a book inside <laughs> yeah which will be a list of names you can read right like <laughs> we taught you to read <laughs> tbd um <laughs> Yeah, and speaking of like what they can and can't do in the future, you know, every so often we get a Kyle Reese. I guess it's a flashback, but it's into the future. So think of it how you want. Huge fan of how Terminator One and Two portray the future to look very different than all the other <laughs> movies. Perpetually nighttime, broken rubble, and 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 just it's real scuzzy and giant Terminator machines firing lasers at everyone, and all these people in unnecessary headbands just crawling through the. Sh- I, I love. Like love the, the, love the synth the score going on the whole time. Yeah. Love the second soldier who like also throws a grenade and gets like evaporated. Yeah, by just completely just vaporized by a laser. Because um, I did have that moment where I was like, why are there skeletons everywhere? And then when it like completely vaporized them, I'm yeah. like, oh okay, I guess yeah. I guess like yeah. it, it burns the flesh off and you're just left with bones. Hey, you're a robot. You're fighting flesh creatures. What do you design? Weapons that destroy flesh. Yeah. <laughs> and then it all comes to head in the nightclub. I love that all this shit goes down in this, like, I don't know how to describe it. This, like, glam 80... We hear, like, the pounding music that all these fucking LA yuppies are dancing to and everything. And then it just sort of cuts out for the score while these two big burly men are, like, circling around Sarah Connor. By the by, like, you know, obviously... Like, when they touch down at the beginning and they're both naked, Arnie is so fucking huge that he makes Michael Bean look like a small child or something. And, like, that guy's in good shape. It's just, this is peak. Like, Arnie is, like, transitioning out of being a bodybuilder, so he's at his hugest. He's he's done a couple of movies at this point. He's done the two Conans, which obviously delayed this movie. Yeah. And then after this, he is just a a fucking yeah. action movie star. Like I, I was, I couldn't remember what his career was in mm. that run. But it is like he has a couple of roles in movies before this, but not like consistently. He does Conan one, he does Conan two, and then after that, it's just he is fucking Arnie, and he yeah. is like in I'm the bad zone. with the time with it's, timeline it's, of so movies, Terminator, but yeah, Terminator got... in eighty four, Commando in eighty five, Predator yeah. in eighty seven, Running Man in eighty seven, Twins yeah. in eighty eight, Total Recall in ninety, Kindergarten Cop in ninety. Mm-hmm. Terminator 2 in 91, Last Action Hero in 93, True Lies in 94, Junior in 94, Batman and Robin in 97, and that that's kind of where it, it, it or well, Jingle, Jingle All the Way in 96, and then 
Batman and Robin is kind of like where the, the bloom is off the rose. He goes away, doesn't really do much until like T3, and then he's his got, like, last... the expendables and shit from then, really. Well, his, his last <laughs> role is Around the World Naked Days, where he does that cameo oh, and remake. And then he's then he is then he's the governor. Then he's the governor until 2010. Yeah. When he's back for Expendables. I mean, it's a hell of a fucking run. Like, none of those movies are, like, you know, fucking Citizen Kane, but, like, there's some high-grossing, enjoyable shit in there where, like, of those movies, you can probably count on one hand how many people question his accent in any of them because he's always just called fucking, like, John or something. John Matrix in Commando. (laughs) Yeah, he's always just meant to be some American and they never, like, question why he's... There are a lot of Johns. He's John Crimble Mm -hmm. in Kindergarten Cop. Yep. Jack, Jack Slater in Last Action Hero. Yeah, and Jack is short for John. Somehow, same number of letters, never understood it. <laughs> Alan in Predator. He's Wait, du- it's it... Dutch, it's Dutch. Also, why is he called fucking Dutch? <laughs> He's not Dutch. <laughs> Major Alan Dutch Schaefer. Oh, right. Oh, no, no, it is a nickname. Are they going for... Fuck it, he's Dutch. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we could do the Predator turn tangent in this episode, because obviously, the for whatever reason, that like Terminator, Alien, and Predator are just like... Intertwined forever. Intertwined. Yeah. And obviously, it makes sense, because Schwarzenegger is the lead of the first two Terminators, or he's the lead of all the Terminators, but like mm. Terminator and Predator are movies in which he is the lead actor of, in like at least the first movie. Yeah. And James Cameron does an alien Gets movie. Gets his fingers an alien, yeah. And then yeah. Predator 2 features the alien skull, and then it's the comics that kind of do that thing, where like, let's fucking like, load this shit up. Oh, there's comics and video games and whatever, they're all crossing like, over, yeah, and then we even a... have AVP 1 and 2. But yeah. there is explicitly like, a Predator versus Alien versus Terminator Oh right, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's just it's the it's the franchises that a generation of people grew up with. But I but doubt Robocop have... has found his way in there. But it would make sense for that to be the fourth one. I think there is a Terminator versus Robocop comic that would as make well. Sense. So that, yeah. yeah, but it is funny where all of these movies have all of these franchises have the same issue in which there is maybe one or two good movie, mm-hmm. and then every single attempt afterwards is kind of diminishing returns. And the the only one I will, like, defend for being weird, and it's mostly because of they choose interesting directors, is the Alien franchise. See, for it, me, like, I know that that Shane Black Terminator... Uh, Predator is meant to be... Uh, I say that Shane Black Predator, because he sort of wrote the first one, but the one where he directed it, the one with, like, Keegan-Michael Key in it, like, I know that's meant to be real, real fucking bad. But, like, Prey rips... I really like the Adrian Brody Predator. I the yeah, Predator, Predators again. Like, the ones who I will defend are kind of like praise the first one. I think of like the modern era where I think like it's actually really good. Predators is a movie I will defend. I still think it's like a soft like three star movie. Oh like, yeah, it's not... I mean I'm not going to tell you it's like incredible, but I'm like this, this was better than I expected it to be. This is better than it had a right to be almost. Yeah, um, Predators, just, you just Pred- come to accept that all of these fucking legacy franchises. They're gonna fart one out every five years, and it's gonna be fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah, and like, and you're kind of like shocked when one is like apparently decent. Like, yeah, it's like white like, dark fate. Dark, dark fate still... looks good to me. I might it, even watch it. It's still like it's just a solid kind of like three star action movie. But that's but fine. Like, Sometimes yeah. that's what I'm looking for out well, of life. Well, <laughs> exactly. When you when you're looking at like what came out in 2019, and you're like, it's better than. Men in Black International, it's better than Hellboy. Yeah. It's better yeah. than like a lot of what these other studios are doing. Like at least you've you've given me something with some yeah. meat to it and yeah. like it, it feels like I mean again and it ends in the way a Terminator movie should, which is nondescript, industrial background yeah. when you're just whacking the shit out of a Terminator, which yeah. is how all Terminator <laughs> movies should end. Absolutely. Very funny that Carl Reese is the originator of Come With Me If You Wanna Live and no one remembers his take on that line. <laughs> um it's all Arnie's version 
explosion later we get that explanation of 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 what the fuck is going on um as she's like desperately trying to get away from him and it gets a little bit like mm. all the tension in the car when they're like in that parking like oh, yeah. the car chase car chase good like not yes. much to say about the car chase is just kind of a good fun solid several car chase. decent car chases in this movie none of them like you know worth talking about for an extended period yeah, of time. i mean it's just it's just james cameron kind of showing off that he is yeah, an actor, he a director who is yeah. going to do i mean all of the car chases in t2 are better than yeah. than in this movie i love that um when he tells her what's going on she's like i'm not stupid they can't just you know terminate they don't have that kind of technology yet and then he's like time travel and she's like oh no <laughs> <laughs> that's all it took and then obviously like the threat of you know this movie comes out in the 80s but like you know we've been doing like self-aware machines and ai sort of what if type stories for I mean, for yeah, forever yeah. 2001 like, 68 or whatever it is people yeah. understand this shit yeah and like every six months there is a there is some video that goes viral of some robot scientists have created and like everybody's like um this probably actually isn't a good thing that we're creating <laughs> like we have fiction that warns us about this stuff i think there is a problem i mean you might want to talk about this more because like you said how this franchise is a john connor problem and i've just always you know it's interesting thing that like it's almost in the first one it's almost sarah connor versus john connor like like she's so important because she will give birth to the actually important person and how that kind of sucks for her character but then like also she will mentor him she will train him and it's all going to happen decades from now but like yeah do you want to talk about the john connor problem john connor the issue with john connor is it makes sense in terms of like it's a hook like you're doing a messiah story essentially like he is he is the great savior and the thing is Every single movie, kind of after this one, is having to battle with he has to be perfect. And mm. obviously, like T three starts battling with the kind of idea where it's like, what does this guy do in a world in which he stopped Judgment Day? And yeah. it's the one good thing about T three is when it ends. And oh, the ending fucking slaps! It has no right to be that good in a movie that is otherwise just so generic and forgettable. Where their yeah. biggest reveal up to then is no she's the one that reprogrammed the Terminator, therefore it listens to her. Yes. And then at the end, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. You're not going to go and smash Skynet. You're going to go and live in a nuclear fallout shelter and survive. And it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, like, it, it's the, the one good thing about that movie is the decision yeah. to basically, like, the Judgment Day is inevitable. And it's something that other movies have played off of. But yeah, mm-hmm. the only movie that's found a way around this is Dark Fate by fucking murdering John Connor in the first five minutes of that movie. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, a, right, now Sarah has to be the messiah kind it, of thing, it, right? or, or she continues she continues defending people basically like t- dark fate is a big immigrant story in which there is like they stop judgment day like so t2 t- t- goes we stop judgment day in 97 but, but mm-hmm. that is definitively what happened then well no three says no you didn't sorry it's we're different. saying it's non-canon right, sure. it's different 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 timeline right. skynet still sent another terminator back before they got wiped out that t800 murders john connor on a beach kind of like two years later um and then sarah Connor basically the rest of the movie is basically it turns out that like the Terminator because it had it because it found out it had failed its mission but succeeded so like Skynet doesn't exist anymore and John Connor has died it becomes like it gains a conscience and basically (sighs) finds a way to send Sarah Connor the locations of Terminators from like it's still inevitable that an AI will go rogue it's just no longer Skynet so the bad future will still happen and basically this 
Terminator sends Sarah Connor coordinates of like where Terminator is going to come, and she becomes like really adept in basically like fucking murdering a Terminator. She's a Terminator hunter killer. Right. Yes. <laughs> and then the movie is about there is a new savior who has to be defended. Like it's a pregnant woman who has to be like her, her, her child will save the day or whatever it is. So. It does have Mackenzie Davis in like a kick oh, ass cool. act. Yeah, she's like not she's human, but she's been like enhanced with like robotic parts. And stuff I want like that. the world for her, and I I need her to be in something big and successful soon, please. Uh, we should we, you should watch. 11 okay it's uh, hard to find in the uk but it's like it's some of the ex it's some of the ex leftovers people and it's oh, just, okay. and hero mirai directed the first episode nice. oh cool uh, and so. like i know that hot and catch fire is meant to be very very good and like i've enjoyed her in like everything i've seen her in i just i feel she's also getting signed up for stuff that like isn't good and she needs like a larger audience to know whenever she's whenever brilliant. she whenever she gets like a role in something that's like good everyone fucking loves her yeah but then like, the stuff that pops is the stuff that like she's still good in but it isn't like stuff that she can like parlay onto like a huge great successful thing but yeah like the john connor problem just follows this franchise where like it he has to be the perfect man he has he has to be perfect man and then like they try and like muddy him up and basically like every movie like salvation genesis and dark fate all have to figure out ways to either take him off the board or like make him evil but like he still fulfills his purpose where like genesis he gets infected by like the embodiment of skynet that's and... the one with like nanobots right yes yeah like nanobots <laughs> and like dog face guys and salvation obviously like he is still like the golden boy and it's all about like skynet still want to assassinate him in the future and and it's just it's just a mess and it yeah, was yeah. like it's kind of like given to them by by cameron but also it's all just i think it, realized yeah just, just get rid of him like he it, utterly pointless at this point if you've stopped judgment day you don't need john connor yeah and you almost need to like i don't know set a terminator in another country or something like just completely divorce yourself from what was the central narrative and just tell thing is, a like, story why you know? why is it all focused on one guy why yeah. aren't there multiple of these kind of people who are like leading the human rebellion and skynet is interesting well like, i think watching. three they're going after his future like generals aren't they, they are but like they're all related to john connor still of, of course of course but like and yeah it's like, why why isn't it like there's other pockets of resistance yeah. why is john connor apparently the only resistance in the future um i can't believe they're this bad at this as well they have access to time travel and like they they say it as like oh they were like literally about to lose and this is their like last stitch attempt they get one shot at this but then the future sequels prove that's not true because they just have all these terminators popping up and it's like you can go anywhere in history why are you failing at this task that you have why aren't you just gunning down like an entire town just to get John Connor kind of thing and like and yeah I don't know and I think I think the only post T2 thing that actually managed to figure out what John Connor would be like in like a successful is the Sarah Connor Chronicles okay. which again it's a TV show it has yeah. the ability to like stretch out the story and like act, like it's basically just doing well they're not going to stop there's like there are multiple terminators in that show they've got a terminator defender in the in the show but it's all about kind of John Connor kind of going like he's a teenage boy he's kind of rebelling internally against the idea that he is going to be the savior of the future and his mum is just like suffering from so much PTSD that she's like I will fucking train you into being the savior of all mankind and John Connor's like, I want to have romances. I want to 
I want to live my life, live. mom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, it, it's the only thing where it kind of feels like what it would actually be. Whereas all these other movies are like, I mean, all of them have adult John Connor. None of them have, none of them have him grappling with what his fate's going to be. Like even T3, mm. he's got all this training and it's pointless and they don't do anything with that in the movie until they reveal yeah. it's inevitable. They have like the foundation to make that movie good and they just don't. That is an interesting idea. Like he is a messiah who no longer is needed and he's just trying to, navigate life with all this knowledge and all this training and it just it doesn't matter like <laughs> yeah because that thing is the movie immediately opens and there's a terminator and there's another terminator and he's mm. back into like what he needs to do and it's just like oh boy i think yeah. there, there's something again there's yeah. a kernel for so much of this franchise yeah, that it's yeah. just kind of like wasted and this movie for how much i prefer t2 this movie is devoid of those sins like yeah, I don't it's think, just, I don't... just because it's not trying to be attached to franchises it's just trying to make a compelling 90 you know 100 minute kind of like it's just a game of cat and mouse it's just and like you know we, we get to the you know the police station and stuff and also why is Arnie wearing this huge prosthetic on his eyebrows while he's just driving around in the cop car? I've never understood it. Or was his face just kind of fucked up at that time? Like, he just, he looks like he's got something on his brow while he's doing that 10 minutes of driving around. But I mean, I don't, maybe it was like reshoots or like they were going to have yeah. his like head, they were going to have his head like get blown off and stuff like that. And I mean, the that's the of... thing. You're waiting for something to happen. Like, his eye get, and that scene is iconic, even if it doesn't look great anymore but you know where he he's been through his scraps and he has to go and repair himself and you know he cuts open his arm and he, he cuts out his eye and, and all of this stuff and it's like oh yeah. wow how gnarly is it's, this it's, it's fun it's fun to compare it though to like the other iconic scene in T2 where he rips his whole forearm off not when he rips his whole forearm off is when like they're drilling into his brain and they're oh, getting yeah, out and stuff yeah. like that and like you, you know how, how they much shot better that, that looks. You yeah. know how they shot that? Yes, they used her twin sister, right? Yeah, and so like it's they have a, like the the puppet of Arnie's head. They have real Linda Hamilton in the mirror, and they have real Edward Furlong in the mirror, and then they have like a, a, her twin sister or whatever doing the actual like hand movement. It's just fucking like that's. I mean, now, pretty nowadays, fucking handy. She's got a twin sister. It really is really fucking handy. But like nowadays, it will be fucking CG, yeah, and it's yeah. just like. I do like how even when, and again, it's this early era of CG which Spielberg and Cameron are so good at, is even when these are filmmakers who understand how to use special effects, they mm. are reinforcing it with practical stuff. And you see it in this movie as well, where it's like, there are special effects in this movie, but also they know sometimes you just need to do something practical. You need to yeah. build a fucking Terminator robot that's going to like yeah. wave its arm at you through a fucking thing. Mm. And like we can do this with a dummy head of Arnold Schwarzenegger. They nail like the lips... And like the gen, once it puts the sunglasses on, I'm like, okay, that kind of looks like a waxwork of Arnie. It's, it's, it's the yeah. eyes just look so eyes. wrong. Um, the eyes look wrong. And the complexion is really bad. Yeah, like, yeah. like it looks too oily. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Really... I love that when he's finished, he styles his hair. I'm like, why are you doing that? <laughs> like, it's an infiltration, you know. I know, but it is. But um, I, what I really love though is when he puts the sunglasses on and then he goes to the police station. Obviously, in the police station, mm-hmm. he has like the most iconic line of this movie. I'll be back. Yeah. I'll be back. You can see. I don't know if it's because it's like the, uh, like a 4K remaster I watched or whatever, but like you can see both of his eyes behind the glasses. <laughs> like yes. there is. I'm just like, surely you'd like try and get like a red, a little red tint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, it's very clearly both. Of 
his eyes are completely fine and like you're i know it's all budget reasons they can't fucking have the dummy head coming out every five minutes and it's it's very apparent that like he wears the glasses until he literally becomes the fucking stop motion puppet in yeah, like 10 yeah. minutes but yeah th- this scene of him just fucking rips yeah. <laughs> wrecking shop in a police station yeah like we hope we you know we've had the quiet bit you know we've got the obligatory this guy's crazy the exposition with kyle the like psychoanalysis and the kind of like gentle poking that all of hollywood has always done at like psychiatrists i love that we've spent most of the movie up to this point like flashing to these like members of the lapd and they're just fucking because they've been trying to get in contact with sarah throughout yeah you know like they put real stakes on it up front it's like you know oh you're in a building with 30 cops you couldn't be safer here's some body armor here's this here's that and then yeah you're sort of like setting up the dominoes for arnie to just topple down effortlessly yeah like like what the ed tracks are played by paul winfield who's been like the main the main cop that we've been following throughout all of this like takes one shot of the terminator shoot turns around shoots him in the gut and it's just like on the floor dying and then lance harrington gets killed and it's just like yeah and like obviously it rules like seeing him like walking these corridors and shooting people down he looks cool but like the better part for me is when you see people react you like you can hear him but like Mm. we're with we're with sarah we're with the cops they're tooling up to run out and take their shot at him or like you know you can just hear him outside and all of that and i think all of that that's the kind of stuff that I really like about this movie. Um, the, the horror element of, oh, he's coming. I think, I think to me, and I think it's just like, when looking at it, it feels like he is trying to make Halloween. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. And, and I think he is less effective at, like, the Terminator is still an imposing figure, but there is a benefit that Halloween has of just how supernatural michael myers feels yeah, and yeah, yeah. how sparingly he's used whereas in yeah. this movie like the obviously it's going for a different time where it is going for this like three-headed kind of thing but you almost <laughs> wish that you didn't have the perspective shots of the terminator and what it was doing mm. so that like they would just be doing normal shit and all of a sudden fucking terminator shows up like yeah. similar to like the resident evil game i was literally like, just thinking that they are the mr x coming for you in resident evil 2 remake or whatever an incredible mechanic in that game <laughs> yeah and then like obviously it all makes kyle reese look better when it's like you know oh you couldn't be safer than with us 30 cops and then kyle reese just gets her to safety like immediately and understands that the end game is running away they bond make um, some pipe bombs have the most 80 sex scene of all time fuck yeah they do <laughs> and like you know the, the the line of like i came across time for you sarah and stuff like that and like it all makes it a little bit fucked up that john knows because like, you could imagine a version, and probably from this first one, it is more like John just innocently sends his bestie back in time to protect his mum, blissfully unaware that he's creating an aerobarous situation where Kyle becomes his father. And then two onwards are like, no, no, no. He's like, go back in time dad (laughs) (laughs) again another john connor issue is that they don't delve into like his obsession with creating this future obviously the issue is is that he knows the future is inevitable blah 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 and he's just delaying the inevitable and all the rest of it but there is like something fucked up about Mm. him sending people to the past to die to fulfill some kind of like destiny yeah instead of like because he presumably knows that carl reese is going to volunteer yeah is presumably like how he knows it's going to happen so he doesn't have to push him but it's almost like oh, isn't there an interesting movie in him like forcing him down this path yeah like yeah. kind of like lady Macbething him and just kind of like <laughs> whispering in carl's ear and saying like i think you're meant for something special yeah. special jo- uh, kyle and, they don't like, even make much of so as i said anton yachin is is playing young carl reese in salvation he's barely in the fucking movie and it's like this feels like this should be i'm not saying the central crux of it but like he's like 
sixth most important character in it, and it's like, mm, okay. Isn't he like kidnapped and like, yeah, 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 yeah. And he's which got fucking, a which fucking sucks because obviously Elton Yelchin has fucking Star Trek that year, which yeah. he's like really good fun in. I feel like that kind of takes him to another level, and then really his career yeah. is the next six years until he tragically passes. Yeah, yeah. Kind of a fucked up thing to say that like you have his eyes when you would then admit that like you grew up in love with this picture of her and stuff. <laughs> I mean, you know, you can get. Maybe like, he does want to fuck John Connor. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Is there some? Does Freud win again? Again, there's there is a really interesting future Terminator movie, which is about the dynamic between these two, and you make it a little bit gay. Mm. And fuck yeah, you do. I also enjoy the dyna- the the like really dramatic piano version of the score while they're fucking as well. So it's kind of a nice touch. Meanwhile, the Terminator is not doing so good. His flesh is rotting. There are flies buzzing around him. And yet in Terminator 2, it seems like he is far more durable. And like, oh yeah, I'll heal as long as you oh, take there's, the bullets but, like, what, In both Genesis and Dark Fate, there are Terminators who are alive for like decades. Yeah, without... yeah. And doesn't he explicitly say he, he'll live for like another... Oh, years, 200 years or whatever. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. But you know, you get the fuck you asshole thing, like his selection of dialogue as he's preparing. And we get that forerunner to, to the iconic T-1000 killing the step parents yeah where it's killed it's killed sarah's mother which like never comes up again after this point like sarah completely compartmentalized the fact that her mum has been murdered by the terminator yeah yeah the the classic like all you've got to do is not talk to anyone and of course someone always talks to someone yeah and then we head into our sort of final segment those pipe bombs don't really work out so well for them do they (laughs) like for the most (laughs) part (laughs) I mean, he's just bad at timing when he throws them, isn't he? Yeah, and then, yeah, he gets fatally shot, and then, like, the last ten minutes are just, like, him eking the last of his life out to try and save her. I love that he shoves the pipe bomb into the back of the semi-truck, jumps into a into a uh, dumpster, and then it's like, Sarah's probably good, right? <laughs> She's and like by the time it actually blows up, it's really far away from the dumpster, and like she's pretty close to it. But never mind. I mean, but also like he's also relying on the fact that the entire truck's gonna blow up by doing that because like, but yeah. like the explosion is big, and presumably there's like oil or something like that in that in that truck. But it's just funny to compare it to T two when the truck that explodes in that movie and spills everything everywhere is like liquid nitrogen or whatever that completely <laughs> freezes the Terminator. Yeah, yeah. Like imagine if he did that and just like there was just like liquid nitrogen or whatever it is, and the Terminator just kind of goes like. Okay, I'm just going to carry on going. There wasn't, there wasn't a big enough explosion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then we get our little, you know, Jason and the Argonauts chase through the factory, turning all the machinery to, like, you know, make it easier to escape from it. And, like, yeah, you know, so ac- much of accidentally it. sets off the hydraulic press because we've yes. got to have a Chekhov's gun in this final section. Of course, of course. But, yeah, this section is, like, almost dialogueless. It yeah. Like, the Terminator is just fucking doing its thing. It's all just machine at this point. All the flesh is gone. You know, there is an element of, like, it's, like, less agile without its skin suit kind of thing. Um, and, yeah, like, one last pipe bomb to blow it in half. Keeps crawling as a severed torso, which, I, which that classic to, that horror. To me, yeah, to, that, to me, is, like, what makes this movie mm. kind of, like, as great as it is. It's, it's just going to keep coming for you until that, there's, there's like, nothing left. Yeah. You think you've won, and then it's just like, nah, it's fucking, it's fucking still going. It's still yeah. got its brain. It's still got, like, yeah. one arm. It's going to chase after you until it fucking yeah. hurts. And, like that, and that starts with it, like, emerging from the fire without its skin kind of thing, which... 
T2 is just so, like, of a piece with T1 in a way that none of the others are, where it's, like, making all these deliberate decisions to, like, right, let's have the T1000 walk out of the fire, but it completely heals kind of thing. James Cameron's a smart filmmaker, and he knows when to echo the previous movies and stuff like that, and it's yeah. why it's going to be so fascinating to see him do a, his first sequel since T2 that he's actually kind of like done both of the first movies to with Avatar like that, that's part of my I'm just like what is he gonna do because he is such a smart economic filmmaker because Aliens doesn't really have any of those moments of echoing Alien yeah like that, that movie is that movie is they like feel kind of divorced from each other they in are, a weird like, way to me they're, they're widely accepted to be kind of like the two great Alien movies I mean Alien 1 is a fucking head and shoulders better movie than Alien mm-hmm. but they are the kind of the two that I held up and Aliens has obviously got all those fucking quotable lines as well because James Cameron can do that with some of his dialogue you're like, terminated fucker they're coming out of the walls they're coming out of the goddamn walls yeah it isn't doing that thing of echoing Alien yeah in, in the way that Terminator 2 is echoing echoing, yeah. echoing this movie, where like they feel, as you said, like of a piece. They feel logical. Like mm-hmm. like the, the entire hook of T2 is, as we said earlier, is like there is an arm that's still going and someone could like yeah. get something out of the Because, arm. yeah, like, you know, it's crawling through the hydraulic press. She's got her broken leg. It reaches the arm out to try and grab her. She crushes it. The arm is all that's left. And then that arm becomes the central, like, MacGuffin of T2. And then we, you know, we we move forward to her a few months later, like, starting to fulfil her destiny. She's wearing the outfit she wears in the photo. The photo is taken. She's narrating to John on a little dictaphone. She's got the dog. Who knows what happened to that dog when she got institutionalised. Maybe it's the dog that he has with his foster family. I doubt maybe, it, though. Maybe it is. I mean, it's, it's And what been... happened to that dog after... The... I hope the T-1000 didn't kill the dog, you know? The T-1000 does kill the dog. Does it? Oh, yeah. They had, to show, they had to show it was like a bad guy. Minus five stars. Wow, yeah. it's a, like negative three for you then. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just great, isn't it? It's like a, it, it, it's a movie in a can. Like, it, it, it has all this stuff to work with for, for a sequel, but like, it works as itself. She's, exce- you know, in the same way that three almost does, it's like, they haven't averted anything. They've just maintained that, you know, she's been sold this idea that, like, humanity will eventually win as long as you give birth to and train the Messiah, rather than, like, two is like, hey, what if we kill the dude that invents fucking Skynet kind of thing, and then they go on a home well, invasion, thing is like, which uh, is all a bit like... T2 is a bit too clean. The double-edged sword of it's the third highest-grossing movie of all time, at a moment where Arnold Schwarzenegger's at his peak, and it's just like, well, we have to make fucking sequels to this. Like, yeah. th- there is no way around it. We have to make fucking sequels to this. But whereas this movie is open ended and there's stuff that you can play off, Terminator 2 has fucking nothing. Like, they have averted <laughs> Judgment Day. Yeah. Like, like, That's the end. Fuck you. <laughs> there, is, there is nothing more that you can do. That, and, it, and it's why James Cameron does not touch Terminator for 30 years mm-hmm. <laughs> until after that movie. Like, he does not come back until 2019. Everyone else is scrambling to try and make this a franchise because it's Hollywood. We just make sequels to things. Cool. So that's it. That's our fourth episode in 1984. So just as we leave, I'm going to run through some acclaimed movies that we have not covered yes. from this year. Got Once Upon a Time in America, Paris, Texas. This is Spinal Tap. Possibly a director we'll be discussing later. Wink, wink. Strange to the Paradise, Amadeus. 
and Blood Simple, the first Coen Brothers movie. Another director we might discuss something from later on this miniseries. Maybe. But yeah, like, 84, good year. Obviously, we've done none of the movies I mentioned. We've spent 1984 with Ghostbusters, Gremlins, Crikey, and Terminator, basically the define- some of the defining blockbusters <laughs> of the decade. Shaped a generation. <laughs> Speaking of shaping generations, mm-hmm. next week we will be covering Breakfast Club by John Hughes. Yes. A blind uh, watch for me. Really? Yeah. Oh, incredible. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's also fun because it's the exact midpoint of the series. Yes. I feel like we've just started. I feel like there's so much left. I feel like we've almost finished all of those things I feel at once. Especially if this is indeed the last volume. Even if the 70s list does exist on a Google Doc. <laughs> I mean, there's lots of lists that exist. Like, oh we... yeah, there's a sixties list on that too. <laughs> We're sure as shit not doing that. <laughs> yeah. Do you want yeah. our episode on eight and a half, Matt? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's Terminator, and yeah. we will be back. We will be back, but as always, mm-hmm. I have to ask you one question, Matthew. Yeah. Will there be movies? Yes, but only if one of us travels back in time and fucks John Hughes's mum. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um. <laughs> so we're ready to go from there. It's not. You haven't ended the recording yet, have you? No. Bye. No. Bye, everyone.
Welcome back to There Will Be Movies. This is our podcast. Uh, this is our podcast. This is our podcast. That's true. <laughs>